0: Welcome to the HTW Podcast, where your hosts, Erica Huss and Zoe Sekoudis, founders of Blueprint Cleanse, the iconic juice brand that sparked a multi-billion dollar category. We bootstrapped, scaled and sold, and now we're moving on. We stepped away from the juicer and into the sound studio to talk
1: about this rapidly evolving world of wellness. We'll sit down with wellness experts and entrepreneurs for candid conversations and tales from the trenches, how they got their start, how they turned their ailments into ideas
0: and what they've learned along the way. And we'll bring you news, updates, and our unsolicited opinions on everything we discover in sickness and in wealth. Located at the intersection of wellness and business, H2W is your navigator on the bumpy highway to wealth. Good morning, Erica. Good morning. We sat down with Jason and Colleen Walkub, co-founders of Mind Body Green, the brilliant lifestyle wellness company media platform the rabbit hole of all information having to do with anything
1: in this wellness world. And it is quite the rabbit hole.
0: It is a rabbit hole. I just lost like two hours of my life. It was worse than Instagram. It was just like, I kept clicking on things that said you're inflamed. You have a lot of inflammation. I'm like, of course I do. I drink like ridiculous amounts of red wine. And the more you click, the more inflamed you get. I know. And then the more money you lose because the more supplements you buy. (laughs) and it's just this vicious cycle which causes stress which causes inflammation
1: not to say that mind body green causes stress because actually i no. think that they are really dedicating their work to providing you the relief from the stress maybe in the form of supplements maybe in the form of you know amazing articles and experts and they have classes and they have online forums they've got events they really these two i got to say especially let's just point out that this is a married couple yes who lives, works, eats, sleeps, raises their child, everything they do is together. They go to margaritas together as we have done with them. And like, they still like each other. So hashtag couple goals. I mean, I don't even know what else to say.
0: I know. It's crazy. We know firsthand we had lunch with them and they didn't like stab each other with a fork. No. And like there was not even any side eye. No.
1: They'd like genuinely like each other.
0: They're an example. Let's see how they do if they in one more kit. Just saying. Fold in one more child to that equation, it's all gonna come crumbling down.
1: <laughs> Let's put that in their uh in their wellness astrology horoscope report, courtesy of Zoe, the uh the parental guru. Speaking of gurus and experts, they really I mean, honestly, I didn't know the full story about how Mind Body, Green came to be until we sat down with them. And, you know, Jason really paints like an amazingly real picture of like just cranking things out by himself for a very long time before the company achieved any level of like scale or visibility. I mean, three years basically is like, you know, him sitting in a room, just like writing articles and, and really believing in this mission of like, we got to democratize wellness. We've got to like take this information that we've learned ourselves and share it with people and kudos to them. Cause they really, I mean, they scaled some, some major stuff with this company.
0: They did. Patience, persistence. And I love his quote, which is, I think, kind of says everything for him and how they kind of came up, which is...
1: Having a high threshold for uncertainty.
0: It's a lovely story. Anyway, we talked to them. They're doing great things. They've done great things. And I'm sure they will continue to do great things. They
1: really have set the gold standard for the
0: live-work
1: couple. They don't like to use the word balance. They like to use the word integration. So I will use it now. They have integrated everything pretty seamlessly and I was very pleased to actually take away what you know what we learned from that conversation
0: and I also like that in their office they um all of their rooms are named after different fruits and vegetables I'm gonna do that in my house
1: <laughs> hey babe just come meet me in banana
0: um my husband was retreated to the avocado room for like 24 hours and no, never came in it's caprese right
1: don't be ridiculous That's caprese
0: ah, let's
1: Cease with the puns oh and God. give these guys uh, their chance to shine. So let's talk about Mind Body Green. And I mean, like, what is it? How was it born?
2: Sure.
0: Well, first, I guess, how?
2: <laughs>
1: okay,
0: so we're going to start with these two are married, right? Yes. Yeah. In Brooklyn. We're all Brooklynites here. Mm-hmm. And you guys are working together on Mind About a Green. How long have you been working on it? And what was the sort of, let's start with the origin story, I guess.
2: Sure. So part of the story goes back, it pains me to say, 20 years ago mm-hmm. when I graduated from Columbia. I played basketball there and this was 1998. So... Back then, there are no startups. There was no thing as like doing something in wellness. I, I don't think no, wellness was
0: an actual well, wellness word.
2: Wellness wasn't,
0: was wasn't, wasn't a thing. Entrepreneurship wasn't a thing. It
2: wasn't like, a thing. Like back then, like all my friends, if you had debt, which I had, no scholarships at Columbia. So it needed, like, friends, you debt, no Columbia, so it needed like, money to pay off debt. <laughs> uh, what you did, you went to Wall Street. Maybe you went to law school. Maybe you went to med school. So I became a trader. That's just like what you did. And liked it and enjoyed it and was able to pay off my debt and after 9-11 happened like a lot of New Yorkers at the time was deeply affected by that event and started to have like one foot out the door and started to do other things and eventually left and left to become an entrepreneur and that let me on a, it was almost like a 10-year a journey and found myself in 2008-ish uh, running a startup that wasn't doing so well it was actually an organic chocolate chip cookie company that was in every Whole Foods market in the country. No way!
1: What was it yeah. called?
2: Crummy Brothers. Oh, I love
1: that name.
2: Yeah, it was Did a great you come great up with brand. A name? No, it was actually Brothers in Chicago named Crummy. No way! Yeah, oh. and they were on the box. How the could they not start? Awesome.
1: <laughs> 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 well, I
2: learned so many <laughs> lessons about your business and and like what works and does and and just so after that business, I was like, I'm not doing product again. <laughs> Um, can
1: call it a walk-up cookie. Like
2: brokers, <laughs> UNFI, like, I can't do this. Yeah. So at any rate, company was not doing well and found myself stressed I, and also flying a lot. I flew over 100,000 miles domestic in one year. I'm six foot seven. Brutal. So stress.
1: Feel your pain on that yeah. leg room. Well, oh.
2: old basketball injury combined with all those things i had two extruded discs in my lower back pressing on my sciatic nerve, so excruciating Sciatic on my right leg was like a lightning rod went to a doctor he said you need back surgery nothing against surgery but generally see it as a last resort and the success rates with back surgery actually aren't that good um mm-hmm. just out of steve kerr the coach of the golden state warriors is like still in pain <laughs> so sought a second opinion and second doctor said the same thing. He's like, you need back surgery. And it was almost uh, like an afterthought. He's like, you know, maybe some yoga or therapy could help. So I was like, okay. Uh, you know, I'll try some yoga. Colleen was big into yoga at the time. So started to do some really... So
1: you guys work. already knew each other. We were dating. Okay.
2: This was happening. Like, we're dating, living in San Francisco. Like, I can't, like, fucking walk. Yeah. Like, it was like, bad. I couldn't walk. Like, I'd keel over in pain. <laughs> like, and walking...
1: And San Francisco is no friend to the uh,
2: I, <laughs> to
0: the weak for the walk. And
2: I, like, yeah. people thought I was weird in San Francisco because I'd walk everywhere. Yeah. i love walking in cities that's like my favorite know, thing to do too. in the world i love I it
0: never move out of new york
3: yeah. yeah not yeah. as fun to do in san francisco yeah now people be
2: like what you're walking i'm like yeah. yeah um so at any rate started to practice really light yoga like 10 to 15 minutes in the morning and evening started to feel better started to make other changes in my life started to look at like stress sleep uh nutrition so like I was a guy who was a gym guy, former athlete. Like my idea of nutrition was going to the Palm Steakhouse in, in the West Side, and oh yeah, and then having a martini. So like I had so it's much right steak. The so you know my face is on the wall. There. We
0: saw your face, uh, your face on the wall. On the wall.
2: Adam Sandler, it Joe was- Namath, and Jason Wachup. Like who's that guy?
0: We finished a recording and we walked around the corner to the Palm, which is it's like, like a, a, couple a couple weeks ago. A couple weeks <laughs> ago, we're sitting there and we're having like a glass of wine, and Erica's looking at me like. Squinting her eyes like, Oh my God. Oh my God, it's Jason, it's over your shoulder.
2: So that was me at age twenty seven.
0: You have not changed. It.
2: Well, it's great because it's eight, 18, nine, 17 years later. It was twenty seven. That's that's insane. Fantastic. That's how much steak that and artist, alcohol right, you weren't I, even like, I had in one year. You I weren't spent even $10, like a little thousand dollars. Like you were just I like didn't blow steak. my money on all stupid things like Wall Street people, like yeah. I I spent like 10 grand on steak and that alcohol is, is for it, all of my friends. a
3: sports car. Yeah. yeah. So
2: yeah. at any rate, different view of nutrition back then. <laughs> so different much. view of keto yeah. or fasting or right. what have you. So started to eat more vegetables, started to not eat as much steak. I still eat meat, but, you know, not as much, grass-fed, etc., and over the course of six months, and yoga played a big part of it, I completely healed. So I was like, holy cow, everyone's got wellness wrong. Everyone, you know, print magazines, it's about vanity and weight loss, and that's not it. It's more nuanced. It's a blend of mental, physical, spiritual, emotional, and environmental well-being, and it's all connected. Mind, buddy green, one word. Like, no media company's talking about it this way. I think there's an opportunity. And so launched in, in 2009. How old our, are you
0: in 2009?
2: I'm 35. Okay. So, like, for... With the idea of creating uh, a, a media brand, if you will, that really like talked about wellness and the way I thought it was going, where it was all connected and so forth. And I, I found my other co-founders, Tim and Carter Carver. They coded on the weekends. Colleen, they kept their day jobs. Colleen was working at the time in retail, so she would like do blogs on the weekends. And <laughs> never
0: needed to get done. And, and had you this were bouncing vision. the vision off of Colleen. And were yeah. you just like immediately sold, or did you take some? Well, if you, if you go convincing. back to 2009,
3: there wasn't really a word to describe this wellness thing. I was into wellness before there was that term, meaning I was a Californian and I like doing things like being outside, exercising, eating healthy food. We were rewatching Annie Hall the other day and we're like, oh, that stereotype from 1977 about Californian still holds true. So when I moved to New York in 2009, I was the weirdo going to fitness and yoga classes at nine in the morning and wearing my leggings on the subway. Everyone does that now, but people used to look at me like a little crazy when I was doing that. Right. Now it's so normalized. So I was into this stuff and you know, cultivating my passion. I wasn't, you know, doing that in my, my job working in retail at Walmart and Amazon. And it was through Mind Body Green and through getting more into wellness that I was you know cultivating that passion and checking out every restaurant every studio and and really helping to fuel kind of how we thought about wellness so,
1: so you guys were both like on board let's you know uh, yeah. bouncing off each other let's do this together kind and, of
2: and it was stressful so yeah. for 3 years i took no salary yeah and Colleen worked, and we had just gotten married, so it's like great, you know. you like, <laughs> and, I, and I was like, my t- I was like, oh, again. this will take like six months. You're
0: like, your mom loves me, right? <laughs> <laughs> just give it another three months. Just yeah. give it another three
2: months. But uh, I think all that stuff makes you stronger as a couple. And then building wow. a brand also is something that's hard to do overnight. So a lot of a lot of like what's in our DNA was born out of that, which I don't know if we trade.
0: And so how do you guys complement each other? Just like talk about the sort of dynamic and You're, working together. Yeah. You have an actual work wife. <laughs>
3: yeah, exactly. Not just a <laughs> metaphorical presented. one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Erica's What's your work wife, wife. balance? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I do think it's one of those unique situations where our skills are very complementary in terms of how we see wellness, how we see our company and the way in which we, you know, divide and conquer on the work front. I think the biggest challenge with working together is this inability to really turn off, you know, and we try to set ground rules that we like fail at every night or every morning about, okay, we're not going to talk about work until the, you know, the walk to work. And, you know, of course something inevitably comes up that we need to surface to the other partner, but it's also the type of job that isn't just a job. It's so much of our purpose, so much of our self you know, is intertwined with mind, body green. So you couldn't just have, you know, one of us was like working in finance and be like, tell me about your day at Goldman Sachs and, right. and try to care with the same <laughs> level of authenticity. Because right, right. This is like our metaphorical first child in so many ways.
2: Yeah, I always joke, like, I couldn't be married to a civilian. <laughs> right. Like I don't turn off. They yeah. would hate me. And yeah. like, this is all I think about. And Colleen, too. It's like, it just would never Well, you're actually work.
1: walking the walk. So it's not even, that you're, it's a conscious choice to think about it. This is how you live your life. And sure. so it's just going to be, it's going to transfer back and forth naturally. So. We
2: say we fail at work-life balance, but we succeed at work-life integration. Yes,
0: yeah, so we're no longer striving for work-life balance. Right. All right. Well, I, like I think that. it's, yeah, <laughs> I don't really <laughs> think
2: there's any such thing.
0: No, I mean, if balance. your work is your passion then is it really that bad if you take right. your passion home with you. And Agreed. if your work is your passion, well, you're incredibly
2: fortunate. An- yeah, another yeah. thing like that came out of our, without going down a rabbit hole for vitalize, but like we're talking about brain health. Like it's so topical, what's happening? Like what, what's driving it? Like what came out of that? Purpose. It's like purpose, purpose is this thing that if as you think about brain and longevity and Alzheimer's and yeah. dementia, like purpose is at the top of the list. I had a diet. Right. Once you lose purpose.
1: Yes. Right. I mean, it's... it's you need a reason to get out of bed in the morning in the first place. Yeah. Okay. So to take us back. 2009, you guys launched. And where does it go? It's you're you're collecting articles. You've got a I team. was writing articles. You are writing articles. Team. Okay. Yeah.
2: There was for...
1: There was a man two, in a room. For two and yeah. a
2: half years, it was a man in the room.
1: Okay. So you were writing the articles and then you're gaining some traction or you kind of... That took like
2: three years. <laughs> 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 like it wasn't until like...
1: Well, so, what do you think? Was there like a moment that sort of put you on the map? Or do you feel like there was a specific turning point you can identify?
2: Yeah. So there are a couple of things. So keep, so think about launch September 09, 100,000 unique visitors a month, January 2011. Wow. So it's a year and a half. January 2012, 550,000. January 2013, 2 million. And then 13 to 14, 10 million.
0: That's and amazing. So, Velocity. Yeah, it is. And in, in the early days, how were you promoting yourself? So how are you getting the word out?
2: You, were, you know, so so a couple of things that happened during that, that, that time, <laughs> during that time span. So I was smart enough to know I didn't know everything on my own wellness journey. I'm very curious. Has changed my life. So I would go out and meet as many people as possible. Whether that was like going to yoga, I went to yoga like every day, every possible teacher. Like I just I could do that. Now that's just not a possibility. Practice right. yoga at home for ten minutes on the weekends. <laughs> so like, really got to know amazing yoga teachers. Got to know amazing functional medicine doctors. So like two of our earliest contributors were Tara Stiles, big name in yoga, and Dr. Frank Libman, huge name in functional medicine. We know these people for eight years. Yeah. Uh, we're like close. We went to Frank's daughter's wedding. Tara and and her daughter and our daughter are like, we live a block away. Yeah. Like We're, we're going vacation together. They're family. In that period, around 2012, a couple of things happened. One, people started to get, or around 2010, HuffPost was having a moment. And some of these people were like Tara was actually like, I'm tired of running for HuffPo. Like, do you accept guest posts? I said, sure. People started to guest post. So this is before, quote unquote, influencers.
0: Mm-hmm. Right. And
2: so we started oh, building so relationships. <laughs> yeah, yeah. With like real influencers before it was a thing. And yeah. that went from a couple contributors to today there's 5,000. And whoever 5,000 are not created equal, there's a couple hundred that are, and Colleen could talk more about how we break them down and, and size and scale and reach and all that stuff. And so that was happening. And then around 2013, that's when I think Upworthy became the fastest growing media company of all time with Facebook, BuzzFeed. So we definitely capitalized from what I call the Facebook gold rush, where in our growth period, Facebook represented 70% of our growth. I was still doing all the social media back then we didn't have a social media person.
1: Right, Right, because what the fuck was social media? <laughs> yeah, it was Facebook and
2: Twitter yeah. and Pinterest. There was no Instagram. There was no Snapchat, yeah. all those things. So we benefited, what are we, you know, the growth. So right place, right time. Like you can't fight a trend. The trend of wellness is a massive secular trend. It's not going away. We were early on that. The trend of influencers and people becoming media companies that, like, we didn't, it wasn't like, let's build an influencer program. It was like, these people are great. Let's,
1: this content's it, awesome. This and content, they are
3: real experts.
1: Yeah. They actually like the, have real influence.
3: Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah we title. started influencers from like a place of authority and credibility, which I think has really helped shape the brand, especially now when there's just this like sea of influencer that, you know, may not be true domain experts with like real skill sets. And we really started from a place of authority and credibility, which not just helped us like grow the site organically as they're sharing their work with their followers, but also just helped. From a credibility standpoint.
2: Yeah. And then Facebook. And we benefited from that. But also the, you know, the trader in me was like, holy, you know, not good. 70% of our traffic from one source. Like this this party is going to end. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So really started to diversify. Our traffic today is still around the same place. We went to a high of 15 million where we've been hovering around 10 for a long time. But our traffic is so much healthier. It's diversified. A lot comes from email. And mm-hmm. so... Those are sort of all the things that worked in our favor. Also didn't raise a lot of capital, didn't raise money until 2012, until we didn't need it and didn't right. raise a lot of it. So like a lot of the things... You did re- right. Yeah, we grew yeah. the business organically. We're yeah. bootstrappers at heart. That's how we operate. And, but
1: I think that's a really important moment for any entrepreneur who's interested is that sense of not raising money when you most need it, but it's actually when you don't and really understanding how to identify that point so that you don't leave yourself in dire straits, but you also don't take on, you know, partners that, I I don't know. I think it's a, it's a really, it's a very kind of nuanced. Totally. And
3: I think we're, we're reaching this interesting turning point where there had been so much glamorization around how much money did you raise? And the actual capital raise was more, important from, like, a symbolic capital standpoint than the actual business. Yeah. And yeah. I see that now changing because of the pressures that come with these capital raises where you can raise all this money, have a large-sized business, but if it's not profitable, it doesn't mean anything. Mm-hmm. And it's good to see this, like, return to reality. Totally. In some ways, manifesting itself across yeah. media and the rest of wellness. Yeah. Is
0: this—are we segueing into Juicero?
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs>
2: like, yeah, Poor Doug. <laughs> aw, aw.
0: <laughs>
1: Um, <laughs> it would be amazing if when you squeeze the packets,
0: they made that noise. The sad trombone I'm, sound I'm pretty, effect. I'm pretty sure they do make that noise. <laughs> so at the time, I mean, did you have competitors? Who were your competitors? Who was doing Who was sort of like nipping at your heels? When who were you, are you watching over your shoulder? Like yeah.
2: God, in the early days, I'd like look at Yoga Journal. yeah and this is early i was like this is a business they have media they have events they have like and they have
1: a paper product yeah
2: like i exactly (laughs) like i thought of and i always saw us not just as a media company like it's a lifestyle brand so like physical digital experiential like all these things and, and they had some of that
0: yeah so how do you look at yourselves now how do you look at the company now as compared to when you first started how has it sort of evolved or changed how is it surprising you
2: I would say that the mission has always stayed the same and this idea of democratizing wellness, if you will, and not preaching to the choir of the converted, you know, the west side of LA, Mm -hmm. Brooklyn, Boulder, we know what it looks like. Right. But to build a bigger church, and I think We're doing that. I think the world has changed. Like the word wellness 10 years ago used to be equated with like a spa. The Mm
3: -hmm. Canyon Ranch or maybe a medical spa in Europe that costs (laughs) 10 grand a week. Right. And
2: we live in this world today where wellness is in the lexicon. You recently had Amazon acquire Whole Foods Market. You see worlds colliding, whether that's media, product, physical, Digital, like it's a this it's explosion. Vast. Yeah, and yeah. I think I think worlds are colliding in like an interesting way. Mission hasn't changed. I think the opportunity continues to get bigger.
3: But do you the think and of the yourselves... landscape has changed yeah. so much? Yeah. Yeah. So yes. right now, you know, our audience is eighty percent women. Some months it's eighty five percent women. Every woman's lifestyle site has a wellness vertical, mm-hmm. and for us, wellness is Everyone. the vertical. Mm-hmm like that is that is our through line for for everything that we do it's pretty easy to dip your toes into wellness like and and do content that you know isn't that futurist isn't that exciting but for us it's always about maintaining that authority while still being a place where the vast majority of our audience is just getting into wellness mm-hmm. and how we speak to both of those audiences.
1: Right, which I think is a really interesting point, because to your point, Jason, talking about worlds colliding, like I think that can be a great thing in that there is a wellness component and a sort of undercurrent in so many businesses and products out there now. But the flip side of it, like, do you feel like it kind of dilutes the real sort of integrity of wellness when the Walmarts of the world
3: or whoever yeah. it is is going to sure. have kind of like their version? I think right now, like the popular understanding of the word wellness kind of rubs me the wrong way. I think it's a little bit narcissistic. I think it's a new vanity metric. I think instead of saying, you know, I'm on a diet because I want to lose whatever, I'm using wellness instead as kind of like that catch all for a lot of things. And so a lot of like wellness stuff kind of like rubs me the wrong way. And I think it just makes it more and more important in terms of the types of experts that we choose to anoint to have on the site, that they have real credentials after their name, that there's lots of letters,
1: mm-hmm.
3: <laughs> like lots of letters when it comes to people offering advice. And and there's a room for, you know, everyday influencers and everyday people to play part in the wellness movement. It's just talking about what that role is. It's mm-hmm. personal stories. It's maybe not giving medical advice. And I think that's where I see a lot of things happening that rub me the wrong way.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm I
3: inclined to agree.
0: <laughs> but you guys, at the end of the day, you're a media company. I think of ourselves
3: actually as a wellness brand that happened to have started in media. So okay. I think if
0: you look at like... I guess what, that's what I was trying to get at. <laughs> yeah. I was like, how do you think of yourselves now today? Yeah, and, and I think that's
3: evolving, right? So, you know, for most people who are familiar with MindBodyGreen, the way in which you access us is through content on our website, our social channels right now. But when I look at it as the future and I see kind of where we're going... Um, you know, it's a wellness brand first. That happened to have started in media. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, we
2: also, difference. if you look at our yeah. business today, so we've got content on our website and social media. We also have online classes and trainings in our practices business. Those so people pay for that, so that's paid content, if you will. It's e-commerce. Yeah. We have an events business, and, and we will do product.
1: Yeah. So let's talk about kind of where it's going because I know Revitalize is such a huge part of your brand. So can you share a bit, like sort of the highlights of what that is and how people can participate?
2: Sure. So Revitalize, like a lot of my buddy Green started with this idea of, you know, wh- how do we do right by our community? What are people looking for? And so it was born out of this idea of to create the event that we actually wanted to go to. So we, we used to go to a lot of events. I hate going to events. I think, you know, to to, to summarize events, uh, I would say you've got events that are consumer facing, which can be exhausting if you're a quote unquote influencer, you have events that are more like parties and you have also events that are a little elitist male focused with some young women like Young women just to be there, and I don't want to name event, but like th- that was the event landscape. <laughs> we
0: like, can say summits series. <laughs> <it. laughs> oh, guys, come on, we, we were there. there
2: I, I, we been, were on, we a were on boat. that boat. I didn't <laughs> go on the boat. Oof. I hate boats. <laughs> it's
0: like I yeah. didn't
1: hate boats until I went on that. <laughs> <Yeah. one. laughs>
2: yeah. So, anyway, yes. So we're like, look, our we have this amazing community. As our community has grown, we meet amazing, we meet doctors and yogis. Then we start to meet musicians, actors, artists, people who were really cool and doing interesting things, but all also really passionate about wellness we're like okay like let's create the event and having i learned a lot from someone i think in the early day they did so much so yeah. well like let's create the event we want to go to where we bring these people together where it's you bring you know the doctor and the yogi with the rock star and make the event invite only buy out an entire resort that creates an environment that feels totally safe so if i'm a high profile person it's like okay like I'm in an elevator and we're all here together. Like, I'm going to talk to you versus like, are you with the group? Are you not with the group? Right. Do you have a badge? And right. just so it's very
1: self-contained.
2: Openness. And there's, you know, to not sound like a shaman, but like there's like this energy there and people, and, and it's palpable. You can feel it. It's different. Everybody's like the there, people, for the people, same same there for the same reason. Everyone's so, there for the same reason. That's powerful.
0: It's and like so, going to a nudist con. I was gonna say, <laughs> yeah, well, I was going to say it's like going to a wedding, exactly but let's like do yours. <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> and so that, and then create, futuristic content. So that was a big part of Revitalize, whether it's TED-style talks, interviews, panels. Like we were talking about the microbiome there five years ago. And yeah. now like the microbiome's everywhere. There's no probiotic companies back then. And then experiences, and that was the idea of Revitalize. And so we just did our, our fifth one. And it's been a, and it's been a big part of, of who we are as a brand. It's still invite only. We still buy out the resort and it's still a blend of futuristic content. It's, what's a great event? It's content and people. Yeah, Yeah, and And like you can, if you can control that, if you can control people with an invite-only event that I think is under 500 people, you really can control people. And if you get great people together and you got great content, like your event's going to be great.
1: Also, cocktails. Yeah,
2: like we have, we have that.
3: Got some dry farm wines.
2: Yeah.
0: Yeah.
2: (laughs)
3: How how many people were at this past revitalized? Two hundred fifty guests plus staff, and I think some of the magic of this event is really the relationships that unfold from of it, from friendships, mentorships. Business partnerships, like you watch it all unfold on social media until the next year. And mm-hmm. I think that's so much of the special sauce of it.
2: Yeah, it's like bringing the leaders of the space together for an immersion and one that's a little bit, it's, to us, it's a retreat meets a conference. Like we don't yeah. lock you in a conference room yeah. all day. We did that a little we bit more that. of that earlier. It doesn't work. It's <laughs> yeah. But you're outside and it's interactive and people love it. We even do assigned seating there.
1: For oh, every wow. for
2: dinners,
3: that's cool. I actually
1: you I match that's people. That's great.
2: Anyone a
3: wedding understands yes. how high touch.
1: That. Spend
2: like twelve hours yeah. on. Yeah, it, it's, it's high
1: touch. It takes away the stress from the people who are attending. Like, oh, who you know? Well, do, am clicks, I going to fit in with? Well, that that's
2: how table? clicks form. Yes, exactly. And especially yeah. an event right. you do over and over. It's so easy. It's you know people. It's like where do you go? We all do it. It's you gravitate to the people you know and right. you haven't seen in a while, and right. then you don't meet new people, and so.
3: No,
1: that's
2: great.
3: And we broadcast it all, which is how it gets shared with our larger audience, whether it's through simulcasting live stream facebook live instagram live like the way we've done that over the years has evolved but the whole purpose isn't for just these 250 people to be able to experience it but to bring it and that inspiration to everyone else so the the magic here is really the people how how can you guys foster more ways to incorporate that and you know we take it really seriously you know in terms of feeling that responsibility to to give people the event they want to go to and that you know
2: Everyone pays for the event. People, so it's like asking a lot. People are paying a significant amount of of money and get in an airplane and drive to a resort for a weekend, leave their families, leave their thing. It's like a big ask. So like to us, it's like, it's got to be. It's a
0: responsibility. Yeah. Yeah. It's
2: got to be excellent. Otherwise, there's no point in doing it.
0: Yeah. So I I mean, My Body Green has so many buckets. Like there's so much content. There's so many categories. And I find that I can spend like kind of an insane amount of time on there. I mean,
2: as... I that's fantastic. So many yeah. Yeah. right?
0: I mean, you just go down the rabbit hole. So you go down right. the rabbit hole. And it kind of never ends. And then I just get caught up in reading all of these articles. And then I find that I haven't, like, left my desk. <laughs> <stood>. <laughs> Where else are you taking this? You started talking about product a little bit. Is that something that's on the horizon? Yes. Soon happening? It's in development right yep. now. Can you talk about it at all? No. No. But it's launching
2: Sweet. in, but it's launching in <laughs> January.
0: Okay. It's not granola, is it? Pardon?
2: Definitely not granola. <laughs> <My> God, let me tell what the what, world does not. Need what, so what? I, to, to that it's point, what it's I what bar, I can right? say is, yeah. I'll use this as an example. So like, just in the same vein, like the world does not need another granola bar. Like the world does not need another yoga mat. Like we are not going to do anything okay. where we're just doing a product to do a product. Like for us, it's can we do something inspiring? Can we do something that is innovative? Can we do something that Helps people, Mm -hmm. and if we if we can check those boxes and do something that really is innovative, can really be inspiring, and really change people's lives, like then let's talk about it. Like we're not just going to do product. It's like the world doesn't need another chocolate bar either. No,
1: the world does not need a whole bunch of shit to go buy and bring home. Yeah. So
2: like, if unless we can do something unique that sort of checks those boxes, yeah, like we'll consider it.
0: I'm excited. I want you to come back in January. Tell (laughs) us all about it. So you think you've checked all those boxes? So you're coming out in January with a unique. Life changing product. Yes, that is not granola. I guess. Yes, no, <laughs> that I'm is not, not granola. Chocolate <laughs> bars
1: or
2: like cheese. Purely Elizabeth is killing it. We love Purely Elizabeth. <laughs>
0: totally, that shit is good. She's, that she's granola, awesome. the world she's needs. Super
2: lovely. She's so lovely. That, that grain free peanut great. butter
0: chocolate or adaptogens in your granola. <laughs> it I is. Mean, like, I need yeah. that. Yeah, it is the best brand. I think it's really
1: smart. I'm going to give you a compliment and a question that goes along with it, which is the smart piece to kind of create that extension of your brand and create another touch point because your audience is so engaged already that you've earned the right to kind of create another way for them to access you. However, my question is, to Zoe's point, spending hours going down the rabbit hole on a device, which is a little antithetical to kind of like the larger message of doing things that are good for you. Like, how do you sort of reconcile that with like, we are a media platform about healthy things
0: and the healthiest thing you can do is put down your device and stand up from your fucking desk. Because so their sure. product is going to be like a spin studio.
2: <laughs> I hate spinning.
0: I'm kidding. Me too. Yeah, I'm not I a spinning. I just got a Peloton from my husband.
2: <laughs> Lo- love I all like those it. brands. Love, love Peloton, SoulCycle, and Flywheel, but not for me.
3: <laughs> yeah, fine. It's not for everybody. Yeah, I think the technology conversation right now is really interesting. and I, And I don't think it's necessarily binary but there are things in technology that are going on right now that are not aligned with our health interests. So going down a Facebook rabbit hole, going down a Google rabbit hole, I think there's a lot that Apple's done recently. Perhaps there's someone leading this conversation in terms of realizing the addictive nature of your phone and putting mm-hmm. in some constraints so that you <laughs> don't get as addicted. But yeah. There's engineers in Silicon Valley who are, you know, far smarter than I am about getting me addicted, you know, to our phones. That said, I, I don't think technology is necessarily binary and that it's like a force of evil, but it's how do that become more of a, come from a mission-based place and how do you give people information that's inspiring, um, which you know is what we aim to do. But totally agree that right, right now, the technology conversation is really interesting. And as a media company, it's, it's something that we think and talk a lot about. And one of the reasons why we're branching
2: yeah. out of media. Well, one of our wellness trends in 2018 was big technologies, next big tobacco. Mm-hmm.
0: That's exactly the thought that's I had true. today. Yeah. Oh my God, I was literally sitting outside having lunch and I thought to myself, there is going to be a no phone, just as, you know, no smoking sign. I think it's going to be like a public... Yeah. Well, they already have no laptop sections in totally. a lot no of cafes, laptop, which
1: I totally appreciate.
0: Yeah. I think it's just going to be like zero technology. Yes. And
3: I think it's really interesting, too, with children. I mean, oh. I see it with our daughter. How old is your daughter she's again? She's 17 months now, soon to be 18. I always run down. Just <laughs> yeah, yeah. Around Six up.
2: days, she'll be 18 months. <laughs> oh, my
3: God. Yeah, they're like a few months apart. That's right. So, so you... I mean, I see the addictive nature of my phone with her, but in the same vein, like, it's how she FaceTimes with her grandparents, right. you know? Yeah. So it's just not always binary. No, it's not. No, that's tough. right. That's right. It's yin and yang. I mean, my, my daughter's not just playing with wooden blocks all day. <laughs> They're
1: part of reality. Like, well, yeah, and no. it is an incredibly powerful educational tool. We can't rule that out either, right? Totally. She's FaceTiming with her grandma. She's definitely learning way more than we learned at 17 months and She knows how to swipe, days. which is scary. Right.
0: Yeah. <laughs> And it's a
1: little um, terrifying. But yeah, it's, it's, I think, I mean, being a not parent and my advice to all you parents out there, because everybody wants the opinion of somebody who's not having children is, um, I feel like it just requires further engagement and, and you have to pay attention, which I think is good for your child and also for
0: you. It's exhausting, Erica. It's exhausting.
1: Come on over to my house. <laughs> <laughs> we'll drop Ellie off. Yeah, totally. We'll
0: drop lady off. And where do you guys see, where do you see Mind, Body, Green in like five years? What's your, what's the end game? Is there an end game?
2: I can't think that far out. Uh, <laughs> Five <laughs> days? Five <laughs> days. Five <bet>. months. Yes.
0: Tomorrow. <laughs> you
2: know, I, I don't know. I think we live in an exciting time. And, and I'll go back to massive secular trend wellness not going anywhere. I think it's evolving, excite, personalization, huge thing. You know, twenty-three and me is just scratching the surface. Like what happens there? Blood, microbiome, skin biome, microbiome, like w- where does it go in terms of what's good for me and how things evolve, how technology could potentially do good with personalized wellness? Super fascinating. And then looking at business and how retail, physical, digital, all these things are colliding, like it's super exciting. Yeah. And so we're in a world right now. Of, of great brands and having a great brand is very meaningful and we think we have a great brand and we've operated from a pretty good place like we're profitable like we're really profitable like not, when I say really it's not like someone say, like, oh I'm profitable on an EBITDA basis you know right. minus Once this or out, that like, like basically like yeah. just take out Our expenses (laughs) and everything else and we're still profitable. Congratulations. It's not like (laughs) a bullshit. (laughs) Well, not we're not rolling in it, but it's a real because you hear bullshit of oh, EBITDA adjusted on this and that and so forth. It's like we're like, and so we're operating responsibly and we think we have a strong brand and we think, you know, there there's a great opportunity and we're still excited about what we're doing. And so I don't.
3: Yeah, I I tend to like keep my decision in terms of like what's the best evolution of the brand, and some of our best business decisions have actually, you know, in mm-hmm. hindsight been kind of irresponsible. Like in totally. twenty fourteen, when we had eight employees and thought it'd be a great idea to buy out the Miraval Resort, you know, and
2: to revitalize. Yeah,
3: yeah. We we, we didn't oh. think through like, but, it, hey, but it was- it's actually hard to get a lot of people to go <laughs> on a plane to this <laughs> event that you have no highlight reel for, and you're just like, just trust me, guys.
2: We're launching the practices business with three <laughs> classes and twenty. That was that was right around then too. Right around
3: the same time, we did
2: a big event at the Apple Store. Like people are going to buy these things,
3: and yeah. I, I think that's what's like so fun about like the early days of entrepreneurship mm-hmm. when you're not overthinking things and yes. thinking about like, stakes are lower. Yeah, totally, and, and exactly, the stakes are lower, and you can you know really just think in terms of like what's the cool shit I want to do yeah. and bonus points. If it's great for the brand, okay, let's do it. It's the, the barriers to trying new things are a lot lower and it's a lot easier to take, take some of those Uh, risks that in hindsight might've been a little
2: irresponsible. And we have great investors. Our lead investor is Lou Frankfurt, who's the majority owner of Flywheel, chairman of coach, like took coach from 5 million to 6 billion over 30 years. Like he's a great partner to us. He's a mentor. He's a therapist to us, you know, but he also looks at numbers and thinks of brands and magic. We'll see what happens, but we're excited. We think we're in this golden age of wellness yeah. And, yeah. and business. And is, can we be authentic to the brand? Like, are we changing people's lives? Like, and then are we having fun right, right well, now? still want to get things, out of bed in the morning and do it. So yeah, a testament there too. Yeah.
0: And to your earlier point, I mean, I think it's really important. I don't think that you were just talking about being profitable to... Humble brag.
2: No, <laughs> um, like I think we don't have pressure. We don't 20, have someone yeah, on like the, calling me saying well, where's my money back yeah, so right I now.
0: Underscore that because I think it's a very important point. When your brand is all about integrity and wellness and making people healthy and providing them with the best options, I think it's really important that you have the freedom and you don't have yeah. the pressure, you know, of a larger corporation. That's so just about the bottom line. And I think that's where you know, a lot of good product eventually. Turns into bad product well, is I, scale.
2: I, yeah, and I would I would say if you are truly mission based, which we are, it is like imperative to be profitable because you have greater control of your destiny hmm. and you never want to compromise mission. You always want to have the ability to say no to something. If your back is against the wall, if the balance sheet is not strong, you don't want to find yourself in a place of weakness where you're going to have to do something that isn't right for the brand. So like to us, it's like responsibility. Like we have a responsibility. We're... Mission driven, like we yeah. have to be profitable so we can justify what the hell we're doing and exactly. the decisions we make. Yeah. And you just never want to compromise that. And yeah. we've seen it happen. And It happens. It's just, it does happen. I-, I see it happens. And
0: we've seen it happen too. I mean, with Blueprint, you know, we never took on capital. We were always profitable. And that gave us so much freedom and it allowed us to maintain the integrity of the product. Yeah. And from the beginning, you price it appropriately. Right. So it's right. like if you have an amazing product, you have to charge kind of a high price. Right. Yep. Um, Unfortunately. Anyway, I I just wanted to make the point that, yes, profitability equals integrity. Yes. And financial wellness. Yeah.
2: Yeah, exactly. Another thing that's trending right now.
0: Well, and you also
1: shouldn't have to, you know, be modest or apologize for the success that you yourselves have created from the ground up, right? I think that that also, especially in this world, you sort of, people maybe get a little kind of timid about talking about the financial side of it because it is a slippery slope and you're in the wellness business, Mm -hmm. you know, theoretically to do good things for other people, but there's also nothing wrong with making money off of that.
2: Sure. There's a great Jerry Seinfeld quote. It was in a New York Times article a couple of years ago because it's a... People were asking, like, I think, why are you still doing stand up? And he, he, his response was something along the lines of, I like money, but it's not about the money.
0: Yeah.
2: <laughs> right. And I think you ask people who are successful, like, for most part, it's not about the money. It's like, no one says, I hate money, but it's like, yeah, I like money, but it's not about the money. No. And I, I think zero
1: sum. So, yeah. 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 No, I, I agree. I agree. Well, congratulations to you guys on what you're doing and where it's going because I think it's very exciting and I can't wait for January. <laughs>
2: Us too, I, I can wait. I can wait.
3: One or
0: two. Um, what's Ellie eating? she veg? No, we are. By the way, there's this really
3: scary food documentary on food allergies. I can't wait to On watch Netflix. It. Yeah. Right up your wellness alley. Yeah. <laughs> and we definitely took the approach. So there's like nine food allergies that are the most common. Peanuts at the top of the list. Pe- peanuts at the top of the list. Yeah. But, but basically like so many things, you know, a part of that, you know, from shellfish to eggs, um, tree nuts, et cetera. So we took the approach of let's expose her to everything. So she is what I would call... Except con- sugar. Yeah. Yeah. She is what I would call a conscious omnivore. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if I had to use my
2: I don't know if I would to describe seventeen
3: month old daughter
2: Ellie is a conscious eater.
3: <laughs> that, that is a good point. <laughs> she's not hear. a mindful eater yet. <laughs> no, she is. What uh, like is this? She's just sort of like
0: smashing it all. <laughs> yeah. Not that conscious.
3: But uh, yeah, we, we do try to expose her to everything we have, though. Pulled off on the sugar, so even on her first birthday cake. There was, I no, eat, there was no cake
0: I know I we did had too it. I was like my, my. I, I think that's fine when though. mama I
3: mean. gets ice cream I you know go take Ellie to the playground while I go go create a diversion Hills. While yeah I- totally <laughs> <laughs> I enjoy yeah. my ice cream so
1: speaking of other things besides ice cream that you enjoy, who is at your fantasy dinner party and what are you eating? And by the way, you guys do not have to be at each other's fantasy dinner parties. We are talking fantasy. <laughs> but if you want to be, it's okay.
2: So I actually have thought about this question before. So do you know the coffee table book, The Last Supper?
1: Mm, maybe. Maybe.
2: So the reason I've thought about this this question is there's actually there's a book called The Last Supper because
1: we did not invent this question, That's and so doing?
2: this whole book is this question the, this the, the Last Supper. It's one of my favorite coffee table <laughs> oh. books, and it's so you better have it's all these idea, great chefs like Wiley Dufresne, like everyone. Oh
1: yes, I do know this. And
2: part. they ask the question like, if your Last Supper, what would you eat? What would you drink? Where would it be? Would there be music and so forth? Mm-hmm. And so what I found so interesting is like Wiley Dufresne, for example, like so fan, like, like he's how you, he's like a molecular food guy, like mm-hmm. so not simple. He was like, I want uh, a cheeseburger, like a double cheeseburger with no bun and like a great Bordeaux. Like th- th- what was so interesting, Yeah. consistently everyone wanted simple meals and like good red wine and a lot of like Grateful Dead <laughs> with all the chefs.
1: I mean, I would like to intend that uh, dinner party.
2: And so, I'll 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 answer, um, and I'll let you go, Colleen. But part of me is like, so we sort of do this at Revitalize every. It's like we, we get to throw a dinner party for <laughs> 250. That's people. true. You do
1: have your fantasy dinner <laughs> party. But, but sure.
2: I would say, but
1: dead or alive, it, it those would, people. Well, maybe they are because you have shamans too. We so. have shamans. Yeah, we got spirits the spirits. We have spirits there.
3: Other generations.
2: Damn. Uh, I, I would I would err towards the the simple. Oh. Uh, I don't know if there's anyone like. We're dying to meet. I would keep it simple, family, friends. Like I would say, I would say good red wine. I'm sure Colleen would say like good Prosecco. You know, some great greens for me, like probably a great like grass-fed steak. And and the, the only other thing I would say like a great sunset somewhere outdoors for sure.
1: And a martini made by the Palm or
2: not? <laughs> not anymore, I don't okay. do martinis okay. anymore. I'll do margaritas. Oh, okay. But uh, yeah, maybe a good margarita too. Maybe some good guacamole. But I would do I would do simple like yeah. great sunset outside, small group of people, no like fantasy person dead or alive.
3: The lifelong Californian me gets super excited about Mexican food, and I'm so excited that there's brands like Siete bringing mm, great Mexican awesome. American foods to like bring my passion for health and just like really good Mexican food together. So would definitely be margaritas, yeah. definitely guacamole, and just really good tacos, ideally eaten with my feet in the sand. Oh, I thought you were gonna say eaten with your feet. That was gonna be amazing. I wish I was that talented. (laughs) That is a yoga dinner. I need some more time on the mat to get there.
1: (laughs) (laughs) And any, is there any one guest that you want there or is it just sort of part of Jason's fantasy of
0: all of the...
3: All of the good family and friends. We do get to bring all of our our folks together every
0: every revitalized. So yeah, that's nice. I mean, it makes sense, right? If you're like about to die. It's your last dinner. <laughs> this is not a last supper. This is just a fantasy supper. You're gonna wake up the next day. You're gonna want to spend it with your family. I hope.
2: <laughs> I'd still go small, dead or alive. I'm still going small on the dinner.
0: <laughs> I like it. I know it's it's quality, not quantity. That's true. Okay, that's usually our closing question, but I'm just gonna go back for a minute. Was there a moment in the life of Mind Body Green where you thought like shit is on the rails? We are about to go out of business, things are just taking a turn for the worse, how do we get it back on track? Was there a moment where you where you thought it was, like, done So
2: Not done, but I definitely had lots of moments where I'm like, what the fuck are we doing? <laughs> like, we being me in the early days, like, is this gonna work? Like, Keep up three years.
0: Yeah, that's a long time.
2: That's a long Yeah,
0: that's a long, time. That's, that's, you knew though, I mean, like. Well,
2: I always passion. had that, like, it was my passion. Like, I truly, like, people always ask questions. Well, what would you do if you got paid no money? Do that. Like, well, I, <laughs> I did fucking that. did that yeah. for, like, three <laughs> fucking years. So, like, don't tell me, like,
3: yeah. you know, Next and question. I was
2: married, when, yeah, you know, yeah. and, like, that was.
3: But this is, like, when you asked earlier about, like, our work personalities. Yeah. Like, Jason is a super optimist and he's become less of an optimist I well, think but you know during those times from 2009 to 2012 whether, when there wasn't one dollar coming in you know he was able to see the forest through the trees and that's where you know I, someone like I, me who's has a different yeah. approach mm-hmm. so would, I, wouldn't have been able to do it
1: but I that's an amazing quality to have, have in a, a business
3: partner and a for staff. sure
1: I
2: have a super <laughs> high threshold for uncertainty.
3: Yes,
2: he does. And I've always had that. And as a trader, I was like, I, like I had that. Yeah. I actually was probably less stressed when I was a trader. I was like, Oh, <laughs> That's whatever. Like a
0: great quality to have as a so trader. So like, it
2: is. Le- like, and also like ability to like assess risk and reward. Those are like, what did I? What are the takeaways from trading? Nothing. <laughs> yeah. Except those two yeah, skills, but those big. which I think I sort of had anyway. Like it was in my DNA. The way mm-hmm. I was raised, basketball, adversity, death, all those things like sort of just shaped me as like. High threshold for uncertainty and also the ability to access like risk and reward.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
2: That's so.
0: Would you have passed the marshmallow test, do you think, as a three year old?
2: <laughs> Who knows?
0: I mean, now we'd be having marshmallows instead yeah. of
2: marshmallows. Yeah.
3: Good plug. <laughs> good plug. with the cookie dough. <laughs> more tempting. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Probably would have passed it. Maybe. I don't know. I that's think that's my passed mother.
1: It. Oh, oh anyway. okay. <sighs> Thanks, guys. Thank you guys thank so you much. Thank you. That's good. Thanks for listening to HTW. If you like what you hear, please subscribe and make sure and rate us on iTunes. You can even give us five whole stars if you think we deserve it. If you have ideas for guests or topics, you can call our 1-800 number. Yes, we have a 1-800 number at 800-674-1839
0: or holler at us on social at HTW Podcast. You can also head to our website at htwpodcast.com for more episode info and check out our Daily Blend blog to see what we're drinking.